Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for subscribing to 28 Days of Glory, daily segments of biblical principle taught by the right Reverend LaVon and Reverend Selena Breland. Let's pray and get right into the lesson. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made me rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the ears of the people to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, and everything that shall be accomplished and revealed. You be glorified, for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you have your Bibles out, you can um, pre-mark your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17. For the last few weeks, we've been teaching on the nature of God transforming the God complex. In the first one, we talked about transforming our perspective. Then in part two, we talked about trekking um, the, uh, the trek of faith. You get what I'm saying? Trekking, which is the trek of faith, establishing the connection um, with our contact with God. And tonight we are going to uh, to the experience of the transfigure, uh, being transfigured to transform ourselves in the nature of God. So tonight we're going to be talking about transfigure, transfigured to be transformed in the nature of God. And um, you can pre-mark your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17. We'll conclude with that thought. But in the last lessons, we, we really launched this concept of the nature of God based on what God has granted us upon salvation, redemption, and reconciliation. And if those things are evident in our lives, and we know what it means to be to have access through salvation to God without a sin complex, that we have been brought to right standing with God and we can fellowship with God because he loves us and we truly understand this, we will see uh, great results in our lives based on this connection. Uh, in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, The grace of peace be multiplied. There's a grace and there's a peace that is multiplied through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, according as his divine power have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, who hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby we are given unto, unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world to lust, uh, through lust. We understand this. That God, once we come in contact with his nature, several things will take place. We understood that that uh, through Ephesians chapter 2, that God has, and I wanted given us access. You, you know, that word stuck out to me. That, that kind of launched the, the thing, the theology of the, of, of, the, of the new creation is defined in Ephesians chapter 2, which we started within the first series. And it says, for through him being Jesus, we have access to the Father by one spirit. And it says, look, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens of God, uh, with God's own people and members of his household, built upon the foundations of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and, and rises to become a holy temple unto the Lord. And, 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 and in him, you too, you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. 
Also, you know, I, I love I love in the in the chapter verse fifteen in the NIV translation. It says, "By setting aside in his flesh the law with the commandments and the regulations, his purpose was to create himself one new humanity out of the two, making peace." And so we we learned a lot from those passages reflecting on salvation, redemption, and reconciliation. We talked about how evaluating our state of faith, equipping our life with the knowledge of his nature. And then we talked about really uh, uh, resolving to uh, evoke or um, erect an altar, glory to God, of sacrificial worship to him. And we and we we also understood the basics of God's uh, of God's identity is simply God is spirit. He is spirit. He seeks of those of us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. The core of our being, the depth of our understanding, the place of our heart, the heart, the spirit, the core of our understanding, our intent, the inner man—all are metaphor are metaphors reflecting to who we are on the inside, the raw part of us, and that is what connects to God. You are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ Jesus. No longer are you bound to the ways of the world, but you have been translated into the kingdom of God so that you can have access to God, you can accept the things that he has provided, and you can alter your life to, to live as like heaven on earth. Amen. Now, in addition to that, we, we, um, we, we knew that not only is God's spirit, God is sovereign, but he also is um, secure in who he is. And it's that security that we, we, we thrive off of. We evaluate our states of faith. We, we establish an open heart to receive, and then we equip ourselves in the knowledge of his nature. And in the, in, the, in the second lesson, we took it a little further. We said that, that we all, we, one, everybody must have an encounter with God, experience the spirit and, 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 evolu and develop the evolution for godliness. If that's going to um, happen, we're going to have to enlarge our spiritual ter territory. We're going to have to, uh, not only that, embrace the realities that come with the receptions of Christianity as a lifestyle. And then we also must evoke an altar of a living uh, sacrificial worship to God in spirit and in truth. Now, I got a lot of new information. At one point when I was doing the study and really seeking God as to how to break it down for implementation, we're going to take next uh, the next division of this series a little uh, further into pulling on who God is and how how he desires and craves. In Romans 8, it says, the whole world travails awaiting the manifestations of the sons of God because truly God's goal is for us to have common ground with him, common ground and common fellowship with him so we can have confidence in the God we serve. Now, if we're going to do that, we're going to have to walk by faith. It is faith that causes God to... Uh, uh, to be pleased, and it also gets our, it gets his attention that we are that we are really we are really advancing advancing in what he has provided. Glory to God. So um, um, I tell you, I tell you the the world uh, is awaiting, awaiting, awaiting who we truly are.
and I'm delighted. I am truly delighted to be considered uh, having access with God. Now, in order for, um, in, in reflecting on the nature of God, what I also understand, now this is, like I said when I was doing this teaching, you know, at first transforming the God complex, I thought it was God's responsibility to um, introduce himself to us. Uh, but he did when we were created, um, when we were created and brought to light of our existence on the earth, we should have been born with a God consciousness, especially after Jesus. The God consciousness is really expected. Uh, but people still are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And as a result of rejected knowledge or knowledge not known, um, because of lack of access or any other particular reason. There are other things that we we have to uh, do in addition uh, to advancing the cause of Christ. So, uh, so today's lesson is going to really bring it to life. Now, in the last lesson... We we really talked about the role of the Holy Spirit, and and I I don't want to neglect that that pivotal point that it is the Holy Spirit that enables us to live the Christian life, thus making relevant the nature of God. The role of the Holy Spirit outlined in chapters fifteen through seventeen in John really gives clear cut. Uh, reasons why, and we 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 added on and amplified that understanding, saying that God sustaining uh, God has uh, a sustaining spirit that they, that exists in the wisdom and knowledge and understanding. That's the role of the Holy Spirit, and that God's source on the insight separates us uh, unto Himself to make you superior to the world. And God's secret instinctive guide is the Holy Spirit to reveal and guide you through the renewed life. And we are renewed in the knowledge of God. And it is important that we learn the scriptures to advance in those knowledge. Now, we've we, we got to put all of this together because often you can go into a study and, and really not take uh, to heart the the. You can go into a study and really not take in the heart, how does this apply to me? Everything resulting to your Christianity starts with your knowledge of the nature of God. And if that is not secure, everything relating to what you do spiritually will be, remain a theory. And you have, to, you have to really examine your heart, examine yourself to see whether you're in faith. You know, and then say, really, have I really been opened up to God, and have I really equipped myself with the with the knowledge needed to to get in contact with God? And periodically, those questions should should resurface as you relate more with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you to greater awarenesses. You know, new New Age would say consciousness. You should you should not be uh, thirty years down the road with a limited complexity about God, you know, um, and and that is 
that is the beauty of what we're going to be talking about today in the transfigured to transform um, uh, aspect of things. Amen. So let's let's go to um, Matthew seventeen, and in the next few minutes we're going we're going I'm going to hit something in this series. And we're gonna we're gonna go further in the Lord. Now, I want you to also note we went to Ephesians chapter two and Exodus chapter three. We the the, the Ephesians chapter two gave the theology or the thrust, the, the foundational passage of where we're going. God has given us access to know who He is, and in knowing who He is, we know who we are. Exodus was the Old Testament Old Testament or Exodus chapter three was the Old Testament illustration. The the Bible says that the scriptures referring to the Old Testament were written for our learning so that we, through the comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. We looked at the example of God uh, revealing himself to Moses in the burning bush. And then we also understand that Moses had to exercise himself by faith. I, I was going to use Abraham, but we're going to use Abraham further. But I think Moses points that picture. Of course, we talked about we want to have a deeper reflection. That's when we talk about transforming the God complex, we want to have a deeper reflection. We want to we want to affirm our faith and and that's what the whole second lesson was about, affirming your faith. It is faith that pleases God. Faith must be given priority. It is it is our faith that reveals we grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. Glory is an inward work. Faith is an outward expression of an inward work. And it is our acting on what we believe that we know we know is the will of God for our lives that causes us to exist in this reality called faith. Faith is not a manipulation of your belief system. It is your belief system enacted upon. And if it's not, if you're not acting out what you really believe based on what you know is God's will for your life, then 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 this then this then this dialogue is a theory and and the choice is yours and that's what we're going to begin with in this transfigure to transform god uh wants us to embark upon the newness factor of encountering god because all of this is an encounter with god what can god do to get your attention to show that he wants you to know a little more about him you know, 30 years of salvation, he, he, he flipped some things on me. So I want you to know me even more deeper than you think you do. I don't know how long it may be for you. For me, it's 30 years. For somebody else, it's, it may be 20 years. It may be five years. It may be two weeks. Where, where does God want you in the scheme of things? Now, when we talk about transfiguration, I don't want you to get caught up on the fact that of the word or, or the phenomena that happened, we can make spirituality so phenomenal. Not that it's not; it is supernatural. Supernatural spirituality is supernatural, meaning it's superior to the natural, but it's not always phenomenal. Okay, um, or fanatical. You get what I'm saying? It's not always phenomenal in that that you got to have uh, the Red Sea parted in order for you to. To, to really grasp things spiritually. We do know that the natural man cannot obtain the things of God, neither does he know them because they are spiritually discerned, 15 Corinthians uh, states that, verse 30. Um, but 
we do know that the Mount of Transfiguration is a place where Jesus was representing what God God wanted to be seen. Uh, well, let's read it. After six days, and I'm reading out the NIV this series. After six days, Jesus took um, took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them to a high mountain by themselves. There he transfigured before them. His face shone like the like the sun, and his clothes became as white as a light. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah, uh, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright loud light bright cloud covered them and the voice of the cloud voice from the cloud said this is my son whom i love with him i am well pleased listen to him right and then it says when the disciples heard this they fell down face with face down to the ground terrified but jesus came and touched them get up he said don't be afraid when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Then the disciples asked them, Why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him. But ha but have done have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. And then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. Now, I don't want to get too lost in the translation. I believe that um, the, the the goal of this particular teaching is to get you to a place where the nature of God creates realities in your world. And you have to reflect on where you are, where God is, and is there really a connection? Is there really a connection? The supernatural, when you when you come in contact with God, the supernatural should be existing. Something should be going on. The the psalmist would write, a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. Just a second in the presence of God, they would say, I could not praise enough. And 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 my concern for the body of Christ is that what has been depicted to us in the scripture is not being evident and realized to its full effect in us. And as a result, we're not, we're not experiencing what God requires as the, God expects as the nature of God. And we must, we must as believers get tired and, and get serious about experiencing his nature. The first point I want to make tonight in my time is 
we have to resolve the crisis or the Christ factor. And that's our choice. We have to resolve the crisis or the Christ factor. And that's our choice. What do I mean? Three things must be embedded in your heart to experience the transfiguring power of God. Here in Matthew 17, we see that Jesus takes a few of his disciples up on a high mountain. He transforms him, transfigures, and that transfiguration processes the, the revelation of what he's carrying, the glory of God, the, 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 the Christ in him. Now, of course, uh, I say... Uh, um, there are things that we, as believers, must know. And, and, and you'll hear me say this again, that Christ is not Jesus' last name. <laughs> but it's indicative of the spirit in which he possessed. So when we talk about Christ or crisis, the crisis is life without Christ. That's a crisis. Because we know that Christ is the absolute access to God. The Bible says no one can come to God but by me. He says I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So Christ is the absolute access to God. Christ is the basis to which we approach God. And Christ is the center of our anticipation to connect with God. So Christ is the center of our anticipation. He's the basis to which we approach God, and he's our absolute access to God. Say ABC. Access, absolute access to God. Basis to which we approach God, and center of our anticipation. Say ABC, so you know that access, absolute access, basics, basis, and the center. We must come through and by Jesus Christ. Amen? Then also, we must, we must resolve that our access to God is through the life of Christ. And why do we say that? Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. Everything is about Jesus or the spirit in which he carried and conducted himself through his convictions. And we know that is the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about Christ, we're talking about the Spirit-led life. That's a good way to understand it. And, and I want you to understand, because as we go further, we're going to amplify our understanding on that reality. To live is Christ. The nature of God is in, we are, we are, we are transforming our complex so that we can experience the nature of God. Not just know about it, but experience it. And in order to do this, we, we must resolve our access to God is through the life of Christ. All roads leads to Christ. Any other way is unacceptable to God. Assistance from Christ is faith. Acknowledging Christ awakens the new attitude and the new nature, and then our attitude should always sink to Christ. So when I talk about that, all roads lead through Christ to God. And if that's not understood, then I'm telling you, your theology is messed up. There ain't many different ways. We ain't listening to Oprah. Oprah ain't teaching us Jesus. But the word of God introduces Jesus as the way, the truth, the life. 
And if he is that, if he if he is that much so, if he is that much so to us, and and we can do all things through Christ, then we must resolve that Christ is the absolute access. He is the is the basis to which we connect to God and achieve the things of God. And then he becomes the center of our anticipation, resolving our connection to God. Hallelujah. Not only that, uh, and of course I told you that the the word Christ is not Jesus' last name. It is the nature of which he exists, which is his spirit. And God seeketh us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, in addition to that, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. So my second point for tonight is that we have to trust the Holy Spirit to take you to places spiritually. Christ or the crisis. And if you talk about having Christ, that means you are saying that you trust the Holy Spirit, to take you places spiritually. Now, why do we say that? Because Christ is not Jesus' last name, but it's indicative of the spirit in which he possessed. Are you getting my points tonight? The redundancy is for the sake of growth. We must resolve to live as Christ. We can do all things through Christ that gives us his strength. And if if you just say, Jesus Christ, you know, and use it as a as a swear or something casual. You won't understand the authority, and and and, and to which you what you're depending on. You'll think it's just some crux, and you'll never get out of the crisis. But if you come in contact with the Christ, Christ connects you to all that Jesus accomplished: his resu- his his salvation, redemption, and reconciliation. All of those things that connect us to God that is achieved by Jesus Christ, it gives us access. It transforms our complex. And our complex is put God in proper place. Put Jesus as the access, which gives us the right to access that proper place. And then allow the Spirit of God to connect you, to connect the dots and the errors in your life. And if that's not taking place, then something's wrong. Something's wrong with the development. You're not being transfigured and transformed. And you're transformed in the renewing of your mind. It's not a matter of God's complex. It's your complex about God that needs to be transformed. Now, when we talk about trusting the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. That's number, that's point number uh, point. And, 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 and doing that, when I say that, I'm saying getting our, uh, it is the Holy Spirit that is getting our attention and through an inward awareness of, of, a gener- of, a, of a greater and new way to gathering information about life. When I'm talking about um, the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about gathering revelatory truth that is essential to every form of development spiritually in maturity and balance. Because you're going to go crazy. We're really not developing a trust in the Holy Spirit. And when I talk about growing, uh, trusting the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about growing, um, growing us to maturity, to amplifying realities to the intents of the Scripture. 
So here we see the spirit, we see the scriptures, and then we see us setting our souls aright. This is what transforms our God complex. The scriptures and the spirit of God collide in our minds to say there's something greater. There's something growing. There's something that's gearing you up to, to, to godliness. When we talk about that, we must know that there are elements of this power that comes from the Holy Spirit that brings life to to one to passionately existing godly. To number two, purpose our priorities uh, correctly. It, it also develops our perception uh, through wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. It also gives us principles uh, to apply to life and living godly. And then it promotes us through success, real success to God. But we have to surround ourselves in the word of God. Now, I wish I could hoop, you know, if I was in a, behind a pulpit, but we we trying to get some understanding here. So uh, I, I want you to follow me on this last point. The time is at hand. This is the third point. For us to trade natures, the time is at hand for us to trade natures. You know, when we when we talk about um, trusting the Holy Spirit, because you know we're talking about really, are we really experiencing what we say we experience when we call ourselves Christians? I I personally, I spent the majority of my lifetime as a Christian. Now, that's not a testimony for many people. But I more so know the value of timing and, 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 and trust and, and treasures and talents. And I don't want it to be obscured in purposeless ambition. I want to achieve something great that gives God glory and honor to his name. Hallelujah. And the only way that's going to happen is if I, one, target my perspective, transform my perspective, then take a trek of faith and then allow that experience to transfigure before me so that I can transform. And the way we we allow this transfiguration to transform us is to Choose the Christ over the crisis and make that our choice. And then trust the Holy Spirit uh, to take us places spiritually and hear the, and know that the time is at hand for us to trade natures. I'm going to talk a little more about this, but for the sake of this lesson, Christ throws a curveball at the Mount of Transfiguration to what we say we should believe. In, 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 in Ephesians chapter 2, we know that we have access to Christ. Moses was experiencing and could only use as an experience in order for him to do anything. He would have to be empowered for something greater than he is, and it would have to come through a contact with something greater than he is. His contact was God. He saw a burning bush that should have been demolished by the sign of fire, but it still maintained themselves 
And he took off his shoes because where he stood was holy ground. And God began to speak purpose into his life so that he could raise up and become a man of God that would be a friend of God, that would lead the people out of the bondage of Egypt into the promised land or out of, of sin into salvation. So, so that, that reminds us that those access naturally hold no, no limits to when we embrace who Jesus is and what he's done so that we can also transform our lives. Matthew 17, we are often like when we, when we really sincerely approach God and examine ourselves to whether, whether we are in faith, if we, when we, we, ex, we allow our heart to be established in being open to receive from God. We often are like them disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. We know who God is. We have an idea about what Jesus is set to do, set to remind us of what he, what he represents externally. But at, at points in our lives, we need transfiguration moments. We need points with God. For some of us, it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For some of us, it's the regeneration of the Holy Spirit where he totally talks, establishes us in our identity and who we are so we can do it in confidence. But my challenge to you today is to really see if this is taking place in your personal walk with God. Is Christ the way? Is Christ the truth, and is Christ the life that you are existing in? Are we really experiencing the nature of God? Well, he, he throws a curveball because they have to, in spite of all of the other people that they see in this experience, all the phenomenons that come with the transfiguring process, they have to center back in on who brought them there. Perhaps we must learn from this experience that God will transfigure, but we cannot get stuck on what we see, the tragedy of creating temples and spiritual Transfiguration moments. The tragedy of trying to do something else when God was trying to bring you into a focus that is greater than what you see, even though you exist in some measure of it. Come on, grown-up church folk. Is Jesus the way? Is he the truth? And is he the life? When we talk about this, we must first we're talking about trading natures. So you can have a form of godliness and deny really God.